spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascent Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascend podcast, we bring to you another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. And just to let you know that this week there'll be actually two podcasts out. As last week I couldn't get an episode out as my computer completely blew up for the third time in about a month. And in the same day when we were also recording this episode of Observing Our Thoughts, and for the people who watch these conversations on our YouTube channel, my camera also blew up as well so that this episode of Observe Now Thoughts that you're listening to now will not be available this week on the YouTube channel, but from in the, fu- in the future, they will be. So anyway, technology in the Monday world. <laughs> we wouldn't have these problems if we were still hunter-gathering and living in nature. <laughs> but anyway, that's the world that we live in. So anyway, in the future, hopefully there won't be any more of these hiccups from now on. So this week, we'll be putting out two conversations and this episode of Observing Our Thoughts that you're listening to now in a conversation that we also had with Marcus Allen from our time down in London, who was one of the top researchers in the field of ancient technology, which is a really interesting conversation. So that'll be out this week as well. So anyway, in this podcast, we ask the question, what will come after us on the planet? What will Earth like in t- Earth look like in 200 years? And we also attacked a powerful thinking point that actually one of our patrons asked about the potential of everything in the world just being created for you. All the birds, all the trees, buildings, people, and even this podcast, what if it's just created for you? Interesting to think about. So anyway, just before we jump this one, I just want to say thank you so much to all the beautiful incarnated souls who do support this podcast through our patreon page there really is some incredible people out there and it really does mean a lot that you're supporting this thing so thanks from the bottom of our hearts we really do mean that and if you want to support the podcast and you and become a patreon member and crowdfund this thing you can do that by going to www.patreon.com ascend and when you're on that page you can choose a certain amount that you want to support and we even have a $2 award tier. I mean, if even if you think about this, we do four of these conversations a month. And we also do about two or three bonuses on the Patreon page. So if you do, let's say if you donate $2 a month, that's only about 25 pence or 25 cents per episode, which is really good. And we've just also put a new episode out on that episode, a new patreon bonus on that patreon page as well where we talk about what it's like to be a podcaster how we actually got started some tips and some hints etc and we get a lot of emails asking about that type of stuff so we decided to answer some of them questions in a patreon bonus so if you want to hear that and you want to hear other bonus podcasts all you need to do is support the podcast through our patreon page so anyway without further ado observing our thoughts enjoy
anyway, another episode observing our thoughties. Boom, yeah, observing <laughs> our thoughts. What's been going on up there, brother? I was going to actually say, um, when we, you know how we meant to do this other day? Mm. And it was like beautifully sunny outside. I was going to actually say, this podcast is now brought to you and sponsored by the sun. Because <laughs> you know how like, the last four days it was like beautifully sunny? The daily paper. But now I was going to say, no, this, today the podcast is actually brought to you by the rain. <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks beautiful out there now, isn't it? <laughs> well, it gives a little ambiance when it's... Uh, dropping on the head of the conscious conscious studio conscious studio (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um to first start us off i think we've got to attack um a question that was asked by our guest not the last podcast the podcast before that adrian gilbert well where he's asked the question um what will come after humans on the planet Oh. Boom. powerhouse to even think about i know definitely man what will come after So something that is mind blowing. So something it? I've been thinking about is t- to try and answer that question. I've had a little think about it. Mm-hmm. I'll probably think of more stuff when we're in the, in a, in this conversation as well. What will happen when humans leave the, if we after after us on the planet? And I'm saying the first thing I'm thinking of in my head is what will be the most dominant species? See that we left the planet now. Yeah. What will be the most dominant species? Yeah. Well, you got to look at the stronger community-based animals. So you probably be talking about. I think what I believe is that um, if we did leave, mm-hmm. then human evolution would start over again. So, like, the apes would then eventually evolve to, like, being yeah. the strongest creatures again that's an, that's and create yeah. more humans. So, maybe humans will never leave this planet. It's, it's, good. I mean, it's good that you said that, though, because what some people, someone actually, I read an article and it was talking about how it's a theory, by the way, just a theory. Mm-hmm. But it said that if what you just said there, see if apes have more time to sort of be free and be able to sort of. Without the without the influence of human beings, would actually be able to. Someone said it had a theory that it would it would become a human, which yeah. is really interesting. It's that's how I believe it would. So then you got to like. It might not though. It's that's <laughs> the, no, it's just, exactly might not. Um, like a world of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> I like end up being just like that. But yeah, I think it, I think it could be potentially a species which would have more of a societal structure, would just t- take the place of a human human being. Yeah. So like reptiles. They'll always be like looking after the number one sort of thing. They don't have like mammals and they don't look after like the children. So, but whereas a like a monkey or an ape, um, they would d- develop love and care, and that care and nurture would then go into protection, and that protection would eventually evolve into safety. Mm. In the safety, once they've got all their protection from the um, external. Um, creatures that's wanting to kill them what's going to be left is they're going to have time and that time is going to like manifest in ideas in a progress and then eventually that progression will emerge into uh, stuff like housing so them apes will then become conditioned so they'll start to lose all the fur and then they'll start to look more human and then they'll eventually progress and progress until they're at the state where we are now yeah, it's interesting. Depends. So, I mean, it's still a theory. But what if that's already happened? I know. What if that's what already if, happened before? What if it has? I mean, that's the theory of ev- that's the that's uh, the theory of evolution that we came from apes. Exactly. Supposedly. Do you believe in the theory of evolution? Before? Oh, there's a powerhouse of conversation. Um, I think there's part of it that's correct. Yeah, that's a and good there's part answer. Of it, there's part of it that's not. I'm still skeptical on the part of that we did come from bacteria I mean I don't know I mean it is, it is possible mm-hmm. but as well I've seen a lot of research that says that it, that is impossible 
Really? I can't speak on it because obviously I don't understand the science. I don't understand the science of it, but I've seen no, a lot of different not. contrasting views. People saying that it is possible, and people saying it's not. Mm. Well, I'm gonna try and find some of that, and we'll see if we can put it on our, on our Facebook page or something like that. Or I mean, I still, I still think that um, I still, <laughs> I'm still open to the possibility what Eric Van Daniken says that we're we're not from this planet; we're from the stars. Well, that's yeah, really good. That's that. what I mean. Obviously, in in sh- there's a guy called Chandra. Chandra, I can't pronounce his second name, but he's an Indian guy who I actually want to get on the podcast as well. But he has a theory that, like what Eric Van Daniken says, that we come from the stars. Mm-hmm. But he not only says that we come from the stars, he says that we come from bacteria from the stars. Bacteria from the so stars. So there's man. evidence now saying that. So when you know, when NASA send probes to space, well, supposedly that's a theory as well, but they send probes to space and the the probes are come back to the planet. Mm-hmm. Supposedly there's been they've been finding bacteria on the on the actual outside of the craft and things like that's coming from space oh wow and then they're finding out that that actually has the capability to produce some form of life so there's a possibility with Sh- well, Chandra's book as well his book's called uh, uh, the or- I think the the Cosmic Origins something like that's called anyway I can't remember the title but yeah. he also makes the argument as well that bacteria actually come to the planet on an asteroid and then bacteria form and create human beings, which sort of ties into the theory of human evolution. Mm. But obviously Darwin's theory is that it was, wasn't was from something outside the planet. It actually was just produced on the planet. Yeah, f- like emerged from human... Um, yeah, emerged from bacteria on the from, planet. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, I, th- I th- actually believe that's very po- plausible, both uh, scenarios. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it how they just theorised. I mean, it's 2017 now. You know when when, Ch- when did Charles Darwin's theory? A long theory time come? ago, and it still could it be like possible. It, was it the eighteen hundreds, wasn't it? And Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, and then was still not even contempl- contemplating any other possibility in mainstream science right now. Great mind, though. Oh, the, oh, exactly. Charles Darwin's incredible mind. Incredible mind. Um, it's easy for us just to go. Ah, that wasn't right. <laughs> oh, not true. I mean, but like all he's completely wrong. All Everything's wrong. <laughs> all of time, I've had some great thinkers. I mean, I was reading a book about um, the history of philosophy and psychology mm-hmm. um, and some of the earliest of thinkers were talking about how everything was made of water I mean how would they understand that now and we understand that now from the pl- from the plausibility but they don't they didn't they didn't have the scientific like research they didn't have the, um, the equipment that we have today but they yet still managed to understand it mm-hmm. they still managed to understand that um, everything is how we feel and everything is um everything is of our own making and choosing they understood so much more than we give the society's credit we believe that future um future existence is enhancement of knowledge which yeah. i don't think it is i don't think the enhancement of i don't think the further we move into the future the more smarter we're going to get because i th- i think we're just going to be accompanied by different information that's going to um change how we think but ultimately i think them like uh, plato um Marcus Aurelius all these great thinkers of the time they're no different to us and we're no different to them I really believe that yeah a little interesting but you know before when you were uh, saying about um, I want to get back to this point what you said before about the the evolution of like the apes when you're talking about apes and stuff evolving yeah I was actually thinking in my head when you were saying that before about how if we look at the planet now so like for us for us to be produced me and you'd be sitting here now and all the mammals on the planet yeah Asteroid hit the planet, wiped out the dinosaurs. So the dinosaurs, dinosaurs at the time were that main dominant species. Mm-hmm. So you'd think if an asteroid hit the planet, yes, all sort of animals would be wiped out. 
but from that certain you'd still think that certain sort of creatures would survive from that and they, yeah. would, they, and they would become the dominant species just like we were saying before if we left the apes would become the dominant species but I was reading an article where it was talking about actually how that wouldn't be the case and it, oh, might, really? be, it might be the case that so when we leave apes might not be the dominant species something oh, wow. else might actually emerge that is because we've li- left something else in the form of sort of a creature or mammal might evolve into something more dominant than an ape wait you know what right I want to give you another theory and this is obviously just the University of Chris Hopper speaking here yeah <laughs> but uh, but I was thinking that could you imagine um, a creature what used to be so DNA encoded into the wild mm-hmm. but it's been brought up with love care and nurture and that to me could be dogs could you imagine like if you actually look at how um, wolves work some work in a pact I mean the three oldest is at the front and the leader the the alpha is at the back. Mm-hmm. The the youngest and the healthiest are just behind the um, three oldest, and right in the middle is the um, like the families and stuff like that. So what I was thinking of is if that's if that's their coordination, and and it also looking um, at dogs now being brought up in condition with love mm-hmm. for countless generations now. I mean, wouldn't they eventually evolve to become something? so much stronger like if that wolf um, understood like the love of like I don't know I'm guessing I'm just valuing I know, I know love I'm valuing love like as a power it's a, it's a good point and like, I think if I, they can use that power that they've been given from humans I think that yeah. can help them evolve if you want to answer something. on your dog your dog's, dog's well, not well my dog's not going anything <laughs> <laughs> my dog is Paris Hilton's dog I'm telling you that no, but I think it's the same <laughs> I think it's the same for um, so s- certain it's, I think it's just like the same as you can you can compare humans and dogs the same way you can compare all animals the same way there's got to be some dogs that's going to thrive and some are not mm. like see if we have certain human beings if there was natural disaster at the planet some human beings are going to thrive and some are, some are not yeah, that's same. who we are see there's going to be stronger st- stronger dogs and there's going to be stronger humans who are going to be able to push Wait, through there it's just like on um, have you seen Zombieland <sighs> I don't think I have straight away like they go um, the outbreak of um, zombies and they go I'm just and the first thing it says, well, the first people to go are the fatties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because they're obviously like, like genetically weaker, because they can't outrun like the zombies. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're seeing like they'll be going first. And it, it's interesting because the unhealthy is healthy of us. They'll be the ones who's going to suffer. Yeah. Because, and it's, it's, but then again, like I'm thinking in in my mind, we're all quite unhealthy yeah. because we all have to go to the supermarket for our food. It, it, it's interesting you say that because when you look at us on the planet, though, we're not the most we're not the most physically dominant. Like, we, if we, if we compare the human bodies towards an ape or a tiger, you, we're not winning. So, what did humans have then? Intelligence. Exactly. So, it could be the argument that intelligence is actually more important than physical capability. Like, I'm not saying. I mean, we have the ability to have hold a gun and have hands and stuff like that. But without apes, have hands and hands and hands as well. But they haven't got the intelligence to hold a gun yeah but they haven't got the consciousness as well they might actually have the intelligence to hold a gun but they haven't got the conscious thought of whether or not it's ethical to pull the trigger on something yeah, yeah. where is like an ape or something which is very primitive in the mind will just shoot without without having any recollection of what they've done and what um, consequences of mm-hmm. that action has whereas humans have so technically the request, real question is what has got enough consciousness and empathy that would match humans 
to become a dominant species on this planet. When we, when you were saying about the apes before, though, I was watching a documentary before about how. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is true because it's going to be there's going to be contrasting opinions on this. But I was thinking in the past, you know, like when you see a, a tribe of apes. Mm-hmm. I always used to thought that the the leader of that pack was the most strongest. I've seen a lot of uh, geographical um, documentaries where people have sort of shown that the most dominant character in that tribe like the most the strongest the one who wins the fights mm-hmm. becomes the leader but i seen another documentary the other day I can't remember it was a, it was a UK based uh, person who studies them I think she's I, would, I can't remember who one of them is anyway but she found out that it wasn't actually the dominant mo- uh, apes that become the leaders it's the ones who are the most socially equipped Oh. so socially they have they go around and they make the most connections with people like the groom the other creatures that have like look after the, the all the babies that take care of the babies and stuff like that so and that was saying to me that that within that circumstance and I mean you still see the same thing in society now mm-hmm. that we I mean it's not always the the most strongest man gets the greatest female it's the one who's got the best job yeah yeah, it's very interesting, that, you know. It's you, very know what, you know what I mean? It's interesting, though, isn't it? So it's not always the, the physical capabilities that win out. It's it's something behind that. So, again, it's very societarial. Like, we're looking at it in the sense of what can that person provide. Mm-hmm. So that per, that alpha, I'm going to, in that in quotations, that alpha is not just physically dominant, but also societarial dominant, where he can provide so, so much value for yeah. others, and others people want to receive that value so that value could be like love it could be connection it could just be getting fire but it also could just be the more physically dominant person bring could in, provide in the money could provide that <laughs> safety for them so they would could be drawn to that as well it's like you said it's just a theory I mean the idea the beauty of it is it really puts us all in perspective if if like society collapsed right now I mean have you ever heard of the nine meals um, only nine meals away from chaos I mean, it, I haven't heard that. It's a it's a theory that if you, the world stops having food, um, we can't supply any more food, so we're left with, and they say after about nine meals, and if that's after nine meals, we start to turn into like savages. Yeah. Well, we've. Have you? Did you not see the um, example in um, in Ireland, in Republic of Ireland? Did you see is that, that the, example? The, fa- the famine of the so what the happened? Potato what, so basically, what happened is you know how in the UK we had a, a bad period of st- bad period of snow not compared to other countries but you know what it's like in our country mm. if a bit of snow comes it, the world goes the, oh yeah the, breads the, off the uh, yeah, shelves yeah everything's gone <laughs> perils are gone everything <laughs> but what happened is there was snow for bad snow in Ireland for I think for two days it was I think it was only two days and people were looting um, shop uh, supermarkets wow did you not say that no I didn't actually crazy they actually took down a whole supermarket with a digger like oh yes, I did. Knocked down the whole Aye. wall to get in. I did say that as well. That was insane, isn't but it? But that's because we've. I've, it's funny you said that because the other day, right? I was driving. I went to the supermarket, right? Got some food, and I was driving back. And I was actually had that same thought in my head of what you just said. That if that if I didn't have the capability to do that, if if there was a natural disaster and that supermarket just went, there would be chaos. Chaos would break on the on the planet because we've we've give our power away. Yeah. Like that system's in place. Like we, you don't know. We we've lost touch with that. How to grow your own food? It's like hundred years ago. People used to grow the food. We've mm-hmm. completely, with us losing that, that's 
lost a big part of our who we truly are if we if we need to survive yeah it's like in the past see if um i'm going to use an example because this is a good example like graham hancock talks about in the fingerprints of the gods and he says that let's see there was a great civilization that was in the past mm-hmm. and there were more highly advanced than we are led to believe now which is which is obviously arguable through the pyramids and stuff like that mm-hmm. a great civilization they also were just like us they give they had more highly equipped technology but they give the powers they give the powers away just like we've give our powers away we've yeah. come domesticated we don't grow our own foods we give our foods away to agriculture because that's how societies get built through agriculture so we give our power away to that but when, what happens when that when something does happen and the thing that supports you is not there any longer who would be the ones who survived it would be the the tribes the hunter gatherers they would be the people that would build civilization back up and I mean if you look around the planet now there's not many hunter gatherers there's not many uh, people left on the planet like that there's Mm. very very fine few it's like it's interesting what you're saying there because I'm from the picture all I'm painting in my mind is we're putting all of our eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. that a hope for like a global society would emerge to be completely dominant of everything and we're hoping not just like um, a civilization like the Romans where it's like one individual place tries uh-huh. to conquer we're trying to hope for this society and um, this big society global society deeply connected through the internet and we're hoping that it all comes together and everyone can eventually evolve together so there'll be no society downfall and no society destruction for everything and it's interesting like when we're talking about this because um, I'm looking at a lot of research now, and it's just and it's a lot of it by David Eagleman, and he's talking a lot about how flawed we are in our brain, and even even in our conscious thoughts, we are very very flawed creatures. But yet we seem to have done we've done so well so far, but yet there's so much what we haven't done and what would what we could be blind to see. What good, we're point, doing. good point. Good point. That because I was reading an article the other day, I was always at the assumption that. Um, that the bigger the brain, the more um, the more intelligent a person is. But in uh, what book was it again? I think it was actually in the book Sapiens as well, which I didn't like, by the way. But in the book Sapiens, it actually in there it had a very bit, good bit of evidence where it was talking about how human brain size doesn't determine intelligence. Mm-hmm. So in the past, human uh, uh, previous Homo sapiens brains actually used to be bigger. Than, the, than our brains are now so this conversation that we were talking about before about agriculture and stuff like that and giving our power away and then also as well in the past people were more in touch with nature they were more in touch with the, the celestial cycles of the stars and things like that a question that I've asked myself and a big observe me thought is, is biologically are we have we lost something mm-hmm. um, in our to do with our brain size that is actually to do with because we're not growing our own foods, we don't understand the deeper connection with nature. Like, are we, on a biological level, are we losing something in our brain? Like, chemically or whatever it is? Yeah, you could be right. I mean... Really think, really good thing to think well, about. Well, um, when we don't use it, we lose it. Uh, and that idea... That's what Ido Portel says as well. Yeah, and... <laughs> you I'm, don't move. And I, I'm you become it. worse at moving. You move, you become better. And, and I'm using that in reference of the brain. Um... One of the reasons why it was from it was uh, we tried to get this guy on the podcast before. Um, he lived in Japan. Any anyway, he was talking about the book. Um, He's talking about this book, and he was given the idea that if we don't use our our body, our brain's designed for one thing: mm-hmm. functional movement. This is his argument, 
right? And so he gave us this impression that the more functional movements we use, see, like squats, deadlifts, um, running, we're using all of our physical body, the more stronger, more larger our brain will become. Yeah. More, it'll have more of a neural connection with the body. But if we're very stationary, we lose a lot of what the brain is developed for. So we become less smart, less less understanding. We lose a lot of, and um, we get very emotional because we rely on like emotions instead of like intelligence. So it's very interesting how how he emphasised the point on how deeply connected um, movement is to the brain. So now that you just said that point there, because when you were talking about like past civilizations, I'm starting to think because we're more sedentary like now, sitting down a lot, working in like the cubicles and then we're going home and sitting on couches and lying in beds and yeah we're not losing we're we're losing a lot of what the brain was developed for so we're not going around we're not hunting like deer we're not following deer for 30 miles just for one meal we're sitting in a car going to a supermarket standing up for maybe three four minutes going back (laughs) my legs hurt sitting back (laughs) in the car and then going sitting on the couch and that is like the highlight. Repeat, repeat. Yeah, repeat. repeating, repeating this existence, but there's no development of the mind in there. And now I could come to the conclusion that, well, maybe, uh, maybe expanding your mind through books and education would, would uh, suffice, and that would increase intelligence. Well, yes, it will, but to a certain extent, because if we can't really function our body, then our mind isn't really going to be functional at the same capacity. What someone else can. Yeah. I mean, they said like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, what helped Arnold Schwarzenegger learn two languages and study businesses and and um, and develop in real estate was because he worked out mm-hmm. because his larger brain understood and was more functional at um, overcoming these challenges and these problems. That's why I think it's important though, to move your body because like I, I know that when I, one of my big things in my movement practice is not. It's half the t- half the time. It's not anything to do with the body. It's more the mind. It's like so you're opening something up. Like I always call it this. I mean, there's not much. I don't think there's any data on this, but there's something that happens like neurologically in your cells and your and your brain cells that open up and start firing and mm. allow you to be even just on a easier level allows you to be more clear have a more clear mind more clear think yeah. more clear thinking but you interesting point before because when i was in um i went for a hike at the, in the woods the other day and um i was just sitting i always find like a spot in the woods and i'll just sort of sit like a quiet spot where no one is and things like that and i'll just sort of be watching the sort of squirrels running around watching the rabbits watching all these different creatures and animals and birds and insects mm. and when you're in that environment you don't do it when you're in the like in a, in a quote unquote modern day sort of concrete jungle, let's say. Mm-hmm. But when you're um, in the in the woods, your ears start re-evolving. So you start. It, it's tr- it really is true. This and anyone can try this and test it. And like I'm not, I'm not just saying it. But <laughs> your ears start. Your body starts slowing down naturally because you're in a more calmer state because you're in a more peaceful environment. But also, yeah, there's something like biologically in your eardrums, in your eyes that start tuning into the sounds of the birds, like a bird tweeting. You wouldn't normally hear a bird when you walk down the street. Maybe as well because you're just not the way the world's set up. You're driving your car, you've got your music on, you've got so much external um, attractions, like you've got your mobile phone and things like that. But when you're in mm-hmm. the woods, your ears start tuning to little frequencies that you wouldn't hear before. And it feels like you you sort of rewilding yourself and and, be, like and connecting back into your old self who would be because at one time that human 
your ancestor would would have been. There's no doubt that, like you said, you don't do something, you lose it. And if you're not hunting a gathering, if you're not listening to the birds, if you're not being aware of like how the trees move, how the insects move, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose something inside yourself. Well, one million percent. I love that, Dan. I love that, by the way. Um, so, what's been on your mind? <laughs> well, here's something, right? Because I want to go back to that point before we're talking about um, what will happen if humans leave the planet. Mm, yeah, I want to read this article that I've got actually. It'll be two seconds. No problem, brother. Just quickly find it. So it says So the article is 10 things that would happen to the planet if humans were to completely disappear. So well, I think this is going to be a good, the good talking point. That's why I want to bring it up for religion. <laughs> that <laughs> would go straight away. <laughs> that would still be here. <laughs> <laughs> so it said just a few hours after humans disappear, lights around the world would shut down. Well, that'd be incredible. <laughs> we could do that now. <laughs> Get a hacker to take down all the um, electricity so we can actually see the stars for once. <laughs> well. Within 10 days, pets and farm animals will die out due to starvation and dehydration. Obviously, that's because they're relying on, upon us, a lot of them. After a few weeks, those adorable small dogs, Hopper's dog, your dog, <laughs> <laughs> will no longer exist and bigger dogs will hunt them down. Not like my, my dog will hunt your dog down <laughs> <laughs> my invisible dog <laughs> that's why I'm going to program a weapon into my dog so like it just t- it turns into like a, a transformer when other dogs come near it <laughs> it's <laughs> it said a, a month a month later this was interesting this we're one. not high by the way when we do this podcast by the way you this, might be thinking we are. this was interesting one right it said a month later cooling water and nuclear power plants will evaporate leading a series of explosions much stronger than Fukushima well that's that, that straight away that one to me is interesting because that's like a a symptom like you'd like, I always think the worst doomsday scenario in my head is if, if the world went uh, to shit mm. then like, I always think that might be a good thing because it would it would weed out all the idiots and stuff like that but then there's like c- certain things in place like that that would you wouldn't have a chance if something like that happened like no matter how good good a survivor you are if some sort mm-hmm. of man-made thing that we've made before has, yeah. if it's not sustained will blow up that's crazy that I think and yeah, then it said true. after a year the sky will light up with a thousand objects that we've put in Earth's orbit that's meaning obviously satellites that we've put in space but it's interesting because we talked about this last time we said that there was a bit of evidence that said that the satellites that are in space are actually won't come down because they're in Earth's orbit. Oh wow! But that's saying that's saying here that they would come crashing down. So well, they could be like pulled through um, Earth's gravitational pull. Could do, and especially as well if some of the some of these were actually wrong, and some of the satellites are, are more need to be actually sort of um, mancraft, man more mancraft. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it said, and then this was interesting. One said, after a quarter of a century of man's disappearance, seventy-five percent of of plants, um, in streets and side, sorry, after seventy-five percent of the planet's streets and sidewalks will be covered in vegetation. I think that'll look beautiful, like the Avatar, wouldn't it? I would love that, by the way. Well, it kind of reminds me of I Am Legend, really. Mm, it does, doesn't it? Mm. It was great film that. And it said, cities like Las Vegas and Dubai will be smothered in sand, and the desert will take back what it belongs to it. Well, damn right. <laughs> get rid of them places <laughs> I'm starting to get an anti-human thing from you to do that <laughs> then after um, after 300 years um, mental constructions like the Eiffel Tower and steel bridges without maintenance will crumble down and then it said swamps that once covered large paths of the world will reappear 
and the only oh. evidence of man's man-made buildings after a hundred thousand years will be stone constructions which can last several thousand years just like the pyramids in Giuseppe Tepe places like that and that's what wow. they understood and knew it's crazy that isn't it yeah it's actually really crazy and it really highlights how fragile uh, humanity is to be honest so you know how you said before I'm very um, anti-human anti-human at the minute <laughs> so with that conversation we just said there the other day I was in um, I went for a hike in the woods you married a tree as well, Dan. I married didn't a tree, you? yeah. I married a tree. <laughs> but I was in, I was in, and that's an example of my own cultural condition, and not what you're, what you, the, the, the sort of inside joke you're talking about there. <laughs> no, but anyway, I was in the woods, and um, it's engaged, by the way, not married. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I was in the woods the other day, and um, this was the same occasion I was described before when I was listening to the sound of the birds. Mm-hmm. And I go to this, there's a, a, a woods that's very close to where I live, and I go to it all the time. And it's like a beautiful spot, and. My dad's told us as well that his his dad used to go there. My dad used to go there, so it's sort of like been a a place where people's gone all the time into right. these woods. Because my dad told us about it, so that's where I went, and it's a beautiful place. So anyway, I went to it, and it was in the winter time that I last when I last went there, and it was there was seven deer ran like jumped out in front of us. And I've been going to this place again and again and again, so I know where the deer are all the time because I go that many times. So you get there. I'm starting tuning back into me hunter-gatherer mode where I would have been chasing the deer at one time but now I'm just going to sort of see them <laughs> but I'm getting an, getting an understand of the patterns that the, the way they're moving in the forest and things like that mm. and then the next time I went was about four or five months later and there was five deer right so I never thought I never thought nothing of it and then it was about three weeks ago that I went I seen three deer so it was three deer left and I was thinking oh god and I still, for some reason, I just still didn't, dawn I never, never thought nothing of it. And mm-hmm. then yesterday when I went, there was two deer left, and it was only a week, a space for a week. And I heard a rumour that people are going in and just poaching them for fun. Really? Or just going in and shooting them for fun. And straight away, I was just so, I oh got like just a sense in my body like this week mm-hmm. from that. And I know there's so many contradictions in everything that we're doing, like the fact that we're sitting here, how much are we contributing to that fact? All the way we live our life. But mm-hmm. it still kinda you still kinda get away, I can't kinda get away from the fact of that emotion that I felt towards something that because of where on this planet Yeah species are and if you look at the larger picture picture, species are just disappearing like vast amounts. Like there was an article I read the other day and it was talking about how we at the greatest greatest um not the greatest time, but the the, f- the quickest time in period in history where p- animals and species have been dying out. So, like in the past, mm. certain we obviously we know that like certain other creatures in the past slowly have di- died out due to evolution and, and normal cycles and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we're doing something different. We we've come along and we're just we're so careless in our approach to everything. Yeah, I think there's definitely some form of uh, mass consumption that's definitely taken control of humanity, and um, it's for the most part it's greed. Mm-hmm. Greed is the real um, culprit here in this in this scenario, because we're getting to the point where we want everything and we want it now, and we'll not settle for second place, and we're not going to be willing to wait. We've got that type of attitude, and it's flowing through all of us right now. And what it's doing to us, it's really highlighting like so much negative understanding towards everything else, like animals to um, time mm-hmm. to. Um, 
to the sea to to the beaches to like the forests so we're, we're given so much like discredit to like the beauty that what humanities give us because we've been like blindsided by paper money we've been money um food instantaneous pleasures tv 24 7 porn you know what i mean these are things that's adapting and changed our mind and and this is only after a short time a short period of time i mean when was the first television like um i could be way off in the must mm-hmm. mark but wasn't the 40s the 50s um and since then what's it grown into it's grown into this massive cultural dominating machine mm-hmm. and that is the, that's just a tv i mean that is that's now the what's a living room without a tv for a lot of people mm-hmm. it's nothing it's not even a room it's 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 called a living room but it's like it's where you're dying so how how we're gonna how we're gonna solve this problem? Wipe us out. That's that's it. what I keep thinking in my head all that's the time. That's an interesting point, like what you're saying. But I don't think that it's not about wiping humanity out. It's just re-educating people on the importance of love, care, respect, and especially the nature and what it's been given us. I mean, to be honest, like I'm, I do love humanity. I do love a lot of the finer things in life, and I do like going out for a drink and like yeah. eating crap food now and again. But I'm also a caring individual who cares for humanity and cares and has a love and respects the earth because I know without that respect I've got nothing and I'll just end up being one of the mindless drones who just overconsumes, gets involved in the greed and just becomes a detriment to this this society and I don't want to the real right on the end of a lot of films I've been watching lately like we watched um um what please tell us the name oh it's Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. It's a great film, that, right, well, Captain Fantastic and Ready Player One, which is another film that me and Dan watched, and no spoilers, by the way, but right at the end. Definitely of spoilers. <laughs> right at the end of both films, they all die. <laughs> no, no, right at the end of both films, it left a very deep message, and the message was simple balance. Yeah. So there is a clear message of balance that we all need to undertake here. You can enjoy um, food that's been. Um, hunted you can enjoy that but if you are willing just like if you're just doing that out of like um like poaching and if you're just doing it out of like some sort of like sick thrill yeah yeah. illegally then you're part of the problem you're part of the detriment of like humanity you're pushing us back we're not evolving forward we're getting stagnated and this is unfortunately the same thing that i'm seeing with tv the more we're watching tv the more we're stagnating yeah, it's interesting because uh, Terence McKenna. I'm sure it's Terence McKenna, but he has a quote. Where he says, "Someone had it. In, I might be him. Someone anyway, but it's a good quote." He says they're having like a conversation, and um, he says to him, "Like, so what? What? I mean, are you worried for? Are you worried for human beings and things like that? Because obviously, we could die out like well, with our ways and the way we're modern day society and stuff like that. What you've just been saying." Mm. And uh, he turned around. And he says, um, "I'm not worried about human beings." Sorry, he said, sorry. He said, "I'm not worried about." Um, I'm not worried about the planet," he said. "I'm just worried about human beings, because I think that's what I think I just butchered that quote, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. But anyway, like, basically, like what he's trying that. to say is that he's not worried about the planet, because mm. the planet will eventually sort of go back to this natural harmony and balance. Mm-hmm. But what you were saying before, as well, is with you said balance is needed. Yes, we can get to that balance point. But with so far on the planet now, we've got is it like nine billion human? Wrecking balls walking around. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good nine idea. billion. So, so we already know now. If you look in our local landscape, and I bet you people listen to this now can look around as well. If you just actually go for a walk and walk down your street or walk further down, you're going to see that houses getting built, more houses getting built, 
two years later more houses more cars on the road and people say that there's an argument that people say that the planet's huge and there is, is space but why are old trees getting chopped down then for, to build houses well you know why what, is so much stuff getting why is like sort of natural farmland getting you getting bought and sold out exactly and another one as well I mean I heard this this might be like uh, true or might be false I'm not too sure but I heard that there's more empty houses in New York than there is homeless people in the entirety of the US interesting though and that, that was that was really interesting actually it made me think um, I don't know where I heard this quote but uh, like I said it might be true it might be false I'm not too sure but but the truth is like right now we there is like global problems and we need to be the ones to address them because they're not going away they're not going away and we we have to be the voice that stands up i mean every generation there's there's somebody who stands up and says you know what we're the generation that speaks uh, well too for too long there's been generations that speaks but there's no generation that does so we need to be the generation that does but unfortunately i'm actually looking around now and i'm seeing i don't think we're the generation that does i don't think we i don't i really don't see it now i see too many people and i see a lot of young people a lot of young children to teenagers trapped in a in a little four by four box what they carry in the pocket they're constantly on that and they're lacking the real awareness of what's going on in, on earth and truthfully that is going to be our downfall is technology going to save us we might have to be dependent on technology to save us because that's all we're going to know technology we're not going to know all the earth that's scary point. It is interesting. I think we we are at an interesting time where I think we're going to have to be, like you said, it might it, we're not going to be the ones to do it, but we might have to be the ones to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there might be a, a critical point where we get who, like because like you said at the minute we're just that salmon just going forwards that net. Mm-hmm. Like there's not many people popping their heads up saying what we're doing, what we're doing. Like they're all just going straight for that net. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes that. It's going to take that time for. But is it going to be? Is it going to be? Are we going to be out of time? Like, is it going to be? That's the thing. Like, man. One person, two person. We need like a, a whole global movement where people are saying like, we can't do this. We need to like change renewable energy today. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you can't just ah it takes like the mentality is always like oh well it takes it takes a while to do that process. And I think. But why? Like, why does it take that long to do the process? Because of greed and capital. Mm-hmm. Because people can't commercialize it. It takes time to build to build empires around before they can then commercialize it. Exactly. Then I I completely agree hundred percent. I mean. It, what's scary to me is that the more we're actually looking now the more we're in, enticed into this game in the game of consumerism we really are mm-hmm. stuck in the world of consumerism I mean Tyler Durden in the film Fight Club in, the, in um, 1999 I mean this is nearly 20 years ago now in two years time nearly 20 years ago they were saying the things they, that you own end up owning you Yeah. and unfortunately that's what's happened things have now owning us and and we I, I can't see a way out because the more we actually look at our TV screens, the more we're actually watching these new car commercials. We get get a new belt, get a new pair of trainers. Go and see your favorite sports team because they're playing this weekend and they really need your help. But what can we really see? We see this illusion. We see the illusion that's clouded around Earth right now. Yeah. We can't tap it beyond the I, illusion. It is hard. I mean, because I think we. I think it's like the great magicians of today. I mean, I'm not. I, let's. I, let's make a point here as well that we're not separate from this because, like, we're talking like we're separate. That we were. I know we're just passionate. We're speaking about it, but mm. we're still caught in our own illusions as well. Like, but oh yeah, but the, yeah. But we're I still, not like I still that, see though. I still st- with within that as well. I still see things that you can do. Like you said, you balance. 
but I think it 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 comes more than balance as well. I think you've got to sort of sacrifice, you've got to sacrifice pleasure for greatness. Like you've got to, it's it, it sound it's easy me slipping off. It's easy to slip off the tongue that, but you've got to start. You've got to start doing things in your life that actually are real value to you. Like really mm, pinpoint the things that really are the cool, real value in your life. Like so, you might going out for a walk in nature and paying more attention to nature and putting your attention in nature more than being on your computer or watching the telly mm-hmm. like that might be the shift like things that are putting more focus and attention then you would actually realise that you don't have to work six hours to pay for your TV exactly. you can actually just go for a walk for free in nature that's what, that's what I'm getting at I mean like, like right now I'm like to anyone who really knows this I love like like crisps and I love um that's, I, I that's like two hours of work right uh, there. It's, it's in a bag of crisps. Like, I, crisps, <laughs> um, TV. I, I was, honestly, man, I still love like, all that shit. But um, at the same time, I understand the detriment of it. That's why I'm doing a 30 day challenge now of like no crisps, no um, PlayStation. Good luck. And, um, and there's another thing I've, I've given up as well uh, no alcohol. And I've, I've went um, 15 days now. Haven't touched. I'm playing the PlayStation because I knew how addicting I was, yeah, and I was yeah. getting to it. Now, 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 seeing the trap unfolding like I was ten years ago, and and unfolded now, and I thought, even, even after all education, the podcast, the ideas in my head of where I want to see my body, my life, I see myself falling at the trap. It's so hard because there's just I, so many so, extrinsic pulls, isn't there? It's it's the game's so good. Like all games so good trapped in the game where <laughs> the game is the game TV series now have got to be amazing they've got to be amazing That you don't have that long of a life of a, it's um, funny you said span. that there's so many there's so many TV programs right because I love Westworld right and Westworld's just started again and last night I just had to turn it off really because right the reason what you just said is overwhelmingness because I, I was I went on Netflix right and I looked at I looked at all I just straight away boom, 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 oh, yeah. too much stuff and I was like, I only want to watch Westworld, but everything else is screamless. And come and check this out. Like this one looks good. Five it's about star, the universe. This one's about the universe. This one looks good. Like because recommendations. This one's about the universe. Documentary about this. Documentary about this. And I was just, like thinking, it's so overwhelming. It's too much. So like, you know what I just did? I just went. Nah, I'm turning this off. <laughs> I just turned well, it off. I just went to bed. <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's, I think it's so hard to do that. Like mm. I even feel that there's there's so much in our faces because like, we are the pleasure monkeys there's so much like shit mm-hmm. just saying come to me come to uh, me come to me I, I had that the other day I had exactly one of them come to me come to me come to me moments <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was absolutely gorgeous day the first like because we live in England the first beautiful um, warm weather yeah. we had on a weekend right Spoiling as and well. it was the Grand beautiful. National weekend and People won't know. Probably won't know what that, what uh, that the is. The Grand National is like a big race that goes on in England, by the way. Horse racing, horse racing, yeah. <laughs> and and I was like looking, and everyone was drinking in a beer garden, watching this, and I was thinking, and I was getting the pull. I was thinking that's enjoyment. That's what enjoyment is being conditioned by me. So I was looking at it, and I was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it and I had to try and disengage my mind. And you, I know you've you went through this process, but I've never. So I had to disengage my mind of going. But why are you doing this thirty day challenge in the first place? Yeah. And you got, and I went back to the basic. Yeah. I went back to the simple basic steps of why I was doing it. It's because I knew the trap at that moment. I, that's why I made the decision. It's it's interesting as well because also in that enjoyment of that horse racing event, there's also pain for them animals. <laughs> Do you mm. know what I mean? So if you like had that mentality in your mind that them horses are r- racing. 
but they also there's a lot of pain because a lot of them die and it's like sort of I know a lot of them do get looked after and things like that but there's a mm. lot of a lot of them do die in that race yeah so that, I, I think mean, most with, horses have been five so horses in, so within so insane. many people's pleasure monkey satisfaction of of being with the friends and just having a laugh and not really overthinking it mm-hmm. not realising that there's consequences to that and I think that's what you've got to realise that a lot of things that we do in our life there's con- if, there's, if there is really bad consequences to them you've got to ask yourself should I really be doing that thing mm. that's what I think yeah that's a really good so point. Let's, be po- let's be a bit more positive right well hopefully positive anyway so let's see that we get past this and the planet turns back into Avatar and we become one with nature but technology is still a little bit there let's say and we have this natural balance what will be the next humans on this planet Whoa. what will we look like we already know now that we're not going to look like me and you. We're not going to look like the first Homo sapiens. We're going to be definitely look like something else. <laughs> well, what are we going to actually look like? Very stiff bodies. Yeah, very stiff bodies. Imagine that. The grey aliens. I think a lot of our um, mind would take over. So we'd grow big minds. Mm-hmm. Big minds, like mega mind. Or maybe smaller minds, if if the, what I said before is true. Our fingers will become. Our minds might actually evolve and go smaller because we'll be so reliant on technology. So our minds might actually go smaller. Exactly. That could be a scenario. Yeah, could be. Could be. I mean, I, I was listening to a book by uh, again the brain by David Eagleman, and he was talking about how they're actually working on um, the real power of the mind to actually use um, like conscious thought to. Um, like send emails and that in your own brain stuff like that and they're already working on how to process the data in your own mind it's it's so hard and complex man how you can even imagine the creativity and the ingenious that goes into a project such as that is beyond yeah. me it's interesting because we might um, I was think oh sorry go ahead no I was just going to say like the stuff as well it wasn't just like um, like you see you could be out running and um, you could be like turning because we're going to be all consciously connected you could be turning on your fireplace at home it's just your mind even going out for a run and stuff like that and you could pow- be powering your um, hoover over the house just through your power of your mind and that is the intent could you imagine like and, and then eventually what's going to happen if we, this is why I'm going to try and answer your question what's going to happen if if our thoughts become so much more powerful than our bodies our bodies will go and what's going to happen is left is just going to be a mind in a conscious thought or in a whole in a whole conscious world bodies won't exist but thoughts will and we're just going to be streamed like invisible pieces of data flying through the air I think that's what and what I'm going to say now is that in to make this whole like reality seem plausible for those conscious bits of data they're going to put them in bodies like we are now just so they can understand like what's going on well, but un- without aware <laughs> that they're still connected <laughs> <laughs> well it's interesting you said that because <laughs> we both uh, watched um, Ready Player One and that is like the future like situation so like Ready Ready Player One to give people a bit of context if they haven't seen that film it's a really good film and mm-hmm. we won't spoil it we'll try not to <laughs> anyway hopefully not no, but anyway it. in that film basically it's on a it's on, built on the presence that the world was in ruins basically so there wasn't so human being the world was like sort of um, wasn't a very it uh, wasn't a very it wasn't the best of places so people were using a VR world to escape, to escape that re- to escape reality is that correct? yeah something along the way and they went into similar. sort of like a, um, like a video game reality where they could become anything they could ride dragons they could climb Everest with climb, Batman climb Everest with Batman run races and become build their basically a lot, the whole civilization was so fixated that they were addicted to this v- VR simulation 
where they actually play a character mm. and build in their character and I think that could be a situation that happens it could be in, in, in the future what's that yeah I completely agree um, especially with VR, uh, virtual reality come around I think it's it's the expansion of imagination what I see it as is how you can actually just alter alter your character um, engage in whatever fantasy you wish it sounds it sounds like the dream I mean why would you want to like um, go surfing if you could already go surfing in the morning hike up um, Everest for Batman and then go like flying across the earth like in a supersonic motion like spite um superman like why would you actually want to just go surfing yeah. when you could go in the machine and just do all that and still have the whole same emotional and physical experience why would we go in the machine because the machine can offer us so much more and this is why we need to build the machine yeah <laughs> no i'm joking um I think the machine. It is true though, because be that's the right. mindset that people's gonna have. Like people's gonna, people's already oh, got that mindset now. Like, I could, I could have probably sold that to like millions of people right there about how great the machine is. But the truth but, is, but it's already, it's already been sold that model. Like that. Exactly. Mo- yeah, do you know think that model's been already sold now? Because I'm looking at, I'm looking at a lot of things that are that a lot of people get pleasure from, and mm. a lot of things that people deprive pleasure from is the things that they do to do with technology, just like sitting in the house. Like so, people will can like people say people are, are now I don't think they're consciously saying this because mm-hmm. I'm still probably deep down would love to do it but people are settling people are saying that I'll just experience the pyramids on my mobile phone I don't need to go to the pyramids uh, but yeah. they're not seeing that they're consciously because they're consciously giving themselves away to that and I think that's in a lot of scenarios like they look at a, a cool YouTube video of someone doing even here's here's example something just so basic like um, some sort of complex movement pattern like say yeah. a yoga a hard yoga move and they'll look at that and they'll think it's amazing but they'll not go out and try it themselves mm. but, the, but when, you, when that, everyone has the capability to do it yes it's inspiring but it could be inspired people because that's where I got my motivation from to do some of the cool yoga moves that mm. I tried oh, yeah, but yeah. people are still are not are consciously just settling and just thinking oh yeah it's alright I forget about it but ultimately they're looking at the end product of something of some form when you're talking about yoga move there you're looking at the end product of someone's dedication years and years of dedication Mm -hmm. into into their own craft you're seeing the beauty of that and that's what I think people are terrified of and that's why I don't think they take action because they become overwhelmed with the hard work to get there yeah exactly the hard work to get there and the vastness of like of like um, if I of sacrifice that's going to take to get to that understanding of but that it's, movement it's, for me when I've when, when I've sacrificed in certain areas and um, other people I've seen sacrifice in other areas you've sacrificed in other areas mm-hmm. it's within that process that's the best thing like you look back it wasn't the it wasn't the destination to get to the do the certain movement or do the certain thing it was the when you look back it was the enjoyment within the middle in the middle parts leading up to that yeah definitely I mean the, what, it, what the movement is right at the end the end result sort of say I'll just say that that is just what it is it's just um, it's just the, the end result of a progression of a state of um, constant growth and the constant growth though is where you find the answers You are, it's like in The Alchemist um, he asked the universe for um, gold to become to learn um, the process of making gold so he travels all the way over and spoiler alert so let's go for boot by the way but right at the end, he keeps. He says how powerful he is. That he gets his answers like what he seeks, and he learns the process was all the way back home. It was li- it was literally on a wall behind him, like the process on how to make gold. 
It's interesting because I know this is. And he was laughing at like right at the end of like the story when he went through all his trials, tribulations, and the struggle. Um, and he was, I think he was lying there like nearly dying, right at the end of the book, and and he asked for like, and basically they said to him that went, you can now see where it truly takes to make alchemy. Um, but it's all the way back here. But and then he just laughed because he he finally knew the process on like it was the journey that was really give him the understanding of how to milk gold it's interesting because in that in that it's interesting because i know you're just using that as an example but alchemy doesn't even mean the old traditional word of alchemy doesn't mean gold doesn't it, it means spiritual development oh wow so it's only the western western world adopted like approach of seeing that alchemy was to build gold when it old ancient esoteric traditions and things like that mm-hmm. understood that alchemy was a process of like spiritual enlightenment you becoming starting to know yourself as a person more and starting to oh, like that's good that uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't I, it? and I think maybe that's what um, the, what the book's emphasising on because when he's talking in the book yes he goes on about making gold a lot but the whole the enjoyment of it was was him finally finding himself finding his journey I mean he gets to a point where he's on the middle of a cliff and he asks and he said and he says to this pharaoh he says to the pharaoh I want I'll do anything I can do anything I will, I'm 100% believing myself and he went and he pushed and he put him on the end of a cliff and he went okay turn yourself into wind <laughs> and it's interesting like I'm not going to say anything I didn't say anymore you're going to have to read the book so he just farted ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah by the way I have not I had a, I drank a Red Bull <laughs> <laughs> give him wings turn around give the pharaoh the finger and run. yeah see you later <laughs> I've got yeah. a Red Bull bitch you know what? I haven't even actually mentioned any of my parts by the way actually you know what I'm going to actually mention this one right yeah how, how are you? what's one of your observing your thoughts it's going to tie in with what we just said I said are video games priming us for an artificial reality right now because you know how video games will be getting so much more better well developed they're becoming more lifelike in the in the playing on the emotional characteristics of um for young men and women mm-hmm. and they are deeply connected to it and they're also deeply connected to the story whereas if that person dies they feel the death inside as well they'd be like god damn it i've died so they feel pain connected to that computer game so what i was thinking of is this already are we playing games that's emotionally connecting us to this artificial reality such as like the Oasis in Ready Player One that's what I was going to say you said games is it our films not doing that yeah because when, when I'm looking at films it's look, look at Ready Player One and I've mentioned it before but that is whole built on the emphasis of that's what the di- like that was exciting film like you wanted to watch it because you you said to me when you watched that film you wanted to go and play that game you wanted you were like whoa I, I'd play in there I would extremely when you said that in a heartbeat I would but there is there is a part of people who like that's it is there is so many things in society that's priming us without even consciously known knowing it and is that a good is that a good thing yeah like the film itself I, I, I'm, you know what I'm going to answer your question with a yes or no I think it's a yes I think it is a good thing in a way that it is priming us for an artificial reality because it's going to make us in a, put in a ready state of mind for when it does happen it's not like we're just going to get thrown into the deep end there you go there's artificial reality but it's kind of like a big market employee for the gaming industry already to actually if they would have produced such a thing that it's already concretely set in the mind of like understanding it and so we can really test out its true capabilities would you go in the Oasis? oh I'll see I had to pause for a second there because the answer I was going to give would have spoiled a little bit of a film 
Should oh, I wow. just see it? Can I see him? Yeah, answer, go man? on, just see him, man. So, spoiler alert, if this, if, if people can work this out. But I would probably go into the Oasis if I was, if I had the potential to stop the Oasis by going into the Oasis. Well, that's interesting, man. Obviously, just like the scenario in the film. Well, it's cool. That's what I think I would do. Because in that film, they had, what do you see to me? They had, there was, um, egg chasers that's what they called them didn't they people who just went into the game to ride the dinosaurs to serve to battle in like online gaming yeah just to have the fun of it but then in the film there was also characters who decided to go in to they were the egg chasers to, they, yeah they, they were the egg chasers the ones who wanted to go into the game to actually change the existence of the game yeah. and the direction of the game to, to win the chance of actually owning the game what if right here's a scenario this is a good cool one to play with what if that is already the scenario now so we've said this before loads in the podcast we're already in ready player one we're already we're all our avatar our we are the avatars mm-hmm. playing this game and it's the same scenario that certain avatars have decided to come into the game to just to be the egg chasers to change the game but then there's also certain avatars who have come to eat the bag of crisps <laughs> <laughs> so think of that the next time you eat a bag of crisps I definitely man I will actually <laughs> am I an egg chaser or I'm just a a, a game a player <laughs> that's close up it? um, it's a thing like that isn't it yeah it is actually um, it actually brings me on to my next point as well um, I want to actually say two things now what's been on my mind <laughs> uh, my next thing was right this is going to sound a bit off it but I was reading the book um, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck and it was talking about um, installing false memories into people right there was a while back and there was a woman who underwent some um, therapy and her um, therapist was actually diagnosing her and he was trying to like go deep inside her mind Mm -hmm. and what he was doing was he was trying to help her find a memory of why she was uh, in the state she was in and what she came up with was that she was she'd been molested by a, a dad so she came out and and, she, and um, she said to her dad look what you've done to me and he went that never happened and she went it did and anyway the whole family was split up divided and it was only a few years later that she realised that she didn't have the memory and what had happened was she because her work evolved around um, helping people with um, who'd been molested by other family members she had become like indoctrinated into that process she actually became in a relationship with another woman who was who'd been sexually molested by our father and she was uh, like I said um, helping people in that situation so she was like evolved in that in that world so she created a false memory her brain created this false memory that even split our whole family apart and she created this book called the lie we live the lie i lived and and the book itself explained the power of integrating a false memory that's why a lot of um, witness testimonies now don't uh, are not um are not actually withheld in court because of like this this book and this leads us me to the next point what i'm going to make and it was after understanding this about how our, our brains can easily be manipulated in like making this false memory how easy would it be to manipulate our minds into create a thinking that we are 
not in a simulation. Or I thought you were going to say this. Or how easy would it be to, to create if you understand that we can be easily create like bad realities in our mind. That may also make the argument how easy can we create good realities in our mind. Right. Yeah. And what definitely. I mean, and what I was thinking about this the other day when I was sinking down about like a process of visualization of. Here's, here's a story, right? I've always been. Um, I always remember when I was younger. And I'm not saying I'm special or anything. Like that. I'm just giving an example of an example of me, what I've worked, what I used to, what I, I recognise from a young age. That I used to be able to, I used to be able to sit, right? And I could. I'm not saying I was like transcendently. My consciousness was like travelling across vast distances and different dimensions. But I used to be able to just like sit, and unconsciously just like be able to just stare at the distance and th- and think of something in my mind and really picture it like visually, like really like see the whole inner workings of something that's going on like I could I could do I can do it now like it, it was more of, it was definitely more when I was younger but I can still do it a little bit as good now so let's see if I just sit here now and I stop and I could visualise like I'm, I'm in my head now I could visualise I can't do it fully I can't let go and do it fully because there's so much I'm, I'm aware that I'm in a conversation mm-hmm. but see I could I could visualise your house and I could visualise your living room I could visualise where your dog is and I could really I could like smell the wee some, your house smells and everything I could really I can really go to it deep within my mind and there's like but there's something within that that you can do on a good level like I'm not saying that's not a good level but you can you can train your in your daily life you can do things where like so here's an example try and make, make us paint a bit more context mm-hmm. I'd be something that I want to do in life or something that I want to try and improve I'll like sit with that thought and I'll play with it and I'll manifest it in my mind and I'll sit with it and sit with it and sit with it and visualise what visualise the process of that thing and what would happen if that thing came true mm. and I'd visualise myself already having that thing and going through it and that's where I think we could create reality because my understanding is that I think I fully believe that we are creator beings. Like I, 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 I one million percent believe it, and people might disagree with that or whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that things in my life that I've thought of before they've happened have happened in so many situations. Yeah. And I think if you ask yourself in your life, how many things have you thought of and, and like believe that's going to happen in your mind, and then they, they manifest. So yeah. that's where I think just to be positive. That's what I thought you were going to say about the simulation. Go no. back to that if you want. But Excellent. I just think that we can. I know there's something in us. That when that we don't fully understand, that I don't fully understand, no one fully understands that we can tap into and create well, something that's going to happen. The thing is, like the the mind is a such a powerful tool. It really is like a tool for genius and creative thought if you just tap into it. And um, what you were touching on, and I thought, and I don't know if you've ever looked into this, but do you know what uh, low latent inhibition is? Never heard of that. All right, low latent inhibition is is say I'm looking at this lamp right now in front of us. Instead of where I would just see a lamp, they would see the inner workings of the whole lamp. They just couldn't look at it as a lamp. And this would drive a lot of people insane. But if you can really tap into it, it actually puts you into a genius level of thinking and criteria. And they could thrive in any scenario because they completely overanalyze everything to this point. But if, like I said, if you weren't understanding of the true power you have, then it can really like you can send you insane. It really is that 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 um, black or white. So that's what I was thinking. Like you were tapping into really some sort of like low latent inhibition. So anyway, we're back. We're back. Bang. We lost a uh, trail of thought there, guys. You're wondering what the hell's going on. What happened is obviously te- 
technical issues in the modern day world I'm sure Dan's cut out all the swearing by the way (laughs) yeah I've cut out all the swearing in between so something's (laughs) went wrong we don't know what went wrong so we've had to jump back in again and we can't remember what we're last talking about so we do apologise if it was if one of us tell an amazing story that you want to know (laughs) or something like that so anyway um, Mm. jump back in and one of the things that I want to touch on was um, we'll jump back into this bit was one of our Patreon members actually brought brought me attention and reminded us an interesting point and this is a process I've been doing doing in my life as well yeah but uh, the person's called Sophie and um, she was she, she had sent us this beautiful message by the way anyway I don't know if you've seen it yet and basically she was talking about the process of us being conscious beings in, in the universe being a projection of who we are well, very basic but it's a very long message what I'm going to do is I'm going to put also put it in the show notes as well so people can read oh, definitely. And I'm going to try and figure out some way that I can incorporate it in maybe the intro to this podcast or whatever but it's beautiful anyway um, but basically Sophie said that if you go outside um, and you look at people in, you look at people in the world and you look at the world itself and just imagine that everything is just created for for you and I've actually it's very interesting because when she sent that as well that was being observed me thought that I had the other day as well where I was actually walking down the street I was like in a busy town place and I was looking around everyone and I was just thinking is is like all these buildings and all these people actually just a projection of something that's in my mind well have you ever thought that yeah definitely I've I've reached to the point where I'm walking around and I thought um, have I been the one to create this and that is that is an awakening awakening thought because it actually made me think well if I was the one to create this then why would I create this why would I create that building exactly like that Yeah. why would I create that tree exactly like that why would I create the next person ahead of me to look like that and then I started thinking like okay then so if he's looking like that because I've created him look like that then there's obviously a reason why I've created him look like that <laughs> so what is that reason what is the reason for him to look like that and I made him look like that and the answer is one thing I don't know I'm about clue <laughs> <laughs> no but actually um, I love the ideas of being like um, a, f- a forefront in the creative process because that's that's probably what got me really into this game was the law of attraction and when I was really like studying and analysing it we got to the point of like when you start really understand it you get to the point where you we're all creators of our reality and then it makes us really ask the question like well if we are the creators of this reality what is the vastness of what we created if we created the existence of time space uh, the universe entirety of even god for example have we created that and the question i've honestly answered and asked in my mind is have we done that have we really created just just life? imagine if all individually like so <laughs> so let's say as well that I mean, let's let's say that one of us. I mean, this might not be the case. Like, we could, it could be alternate realities where I'm also conscious and you're also conscious. Mm-hmm. But let's just say there is one person who is the creator of me and you, and we, me and you, both think that we're playing out the the conscious lives of Dan Harrison and Chris Hubbard, right. but actually we're not. We're just the conscious thoughts in the manifestation of of someone else's mind. What if I was to tell you right, Dan? What if I was to tell you right now that <laughs> as soon as I leave here. And I supposedly head home. Like the Truman Show. I don't go home. <laughs> I don't, don't exist no more. 
and until you bring me back in your until memories. Until I see you, until you walk. You can send out digital message and and I'll respond, but ultimately I could just walk out of here and I'll just not exist. Wow. And I could just be a digital piece of data in your mind and then you bring me back in when you want me. That's crazy. Do you know what you know, the ultimate... And me giving you, like, th- sorry to interrupt again, but me giving, like, my thoughts and opinions on something doesn't really matter because... It's just my own contradictory thoughts in your mind playing your with yourself. Th- you're putting that in my mind. You're making me think how I want to think. So you're, so maybe I'm just, like, a piece of data, and when I go in that car and you hear my car drive away, automatically that whole... is just gone. And you bring it back in when you, like... When, when you want me or when you want to text me whatever and I'm not responding your mind is your mind's responding of what the answer that I'm think that you're thinking I'm going to respond is so automatically you are the full creator of everything so what would I do if I told you that Creative. would you believe it so first straight when you said that it, I got this overwhelmness of like sadness like thinking like whoa like straight away thinking if, if that's the case it's sad it's horrible like right now like our friends will not exist there's only this yeah right here. that's straight away the first thing i got was hor- like that's just horrible straight away i mean people might think of it differently is like it mm-hmm. then ask the question what is it is it just a, a training course for your own consciousness but but then maybe it gets to the whole point of like attachment like am i too attached to the people you love are you too attached to that's a good point like is that is that the process of the game to not become attached to the people that you love the most? If that is the game and we've created it, ah, but on. I got an overwhelmness of of sadness that if you don't exist or if someone didn't exist who I love and really value in my life, then that's a horrible day for me. See, this is another thing. I might say like, the most things that I value in life. I might surprise you again, right? When when I when I replied to your text, right? Do you think you already know what I'm going to say? Mm. Or do you feel like you've already know oh, what's what's gonna get typed? You always have. You always. Oh, what a question that is, by the way, because you always have. When you text somebody, you always have. You already have certain assumptions and certain directions and calculations of what that person's so gonna say. So maybe you're the creator. Maybe you've just created everyone's text messages replies back do you have that feeling as well I have that feeling I sometimes I feel like I know exactly what you're going to message me back but then again I'm you and you're me so and I'm just a piece of data in your mind crazy because it could be even deeper than that it could be like all conscious beings all interacting like like all creating each other but multiple dimensions and multiple worlds all going on like simultaneously so like you're playing your character but I'm still interacting in yours but the real base me is actually in another one another Whoa. dimension like multi-universe p- perspective <laughs> we Shit. did a space kick <laughs> Jesus Christ but maybe the person's still doing the same thing it's like the person that we've talked about before that there mm-hmm. could be a different Chris Hopper and you in a different reality well that's definitely possible and like someone else is doing something completely different than you are now but then it also could be the scenario that there's a, a million billion trillion of, of identical versions of you all playing out the game of Chris Hopper but there's one real baseline Chris Hopper Whoa. but you don't know if you're the real baseline I was going to say that's the real I don't thing. know if I'm the real baseline would I, would I know if I'm actually the Chris Hopper see I've got a minute I've had thoughts because here's something let's go deeper right listen this is crazy thought I've had there when you play online computer game when you play on your game in that game 
whatever game I'd, I haven't played games for ages right help us out on this one <laughs> Call of Duty maybe whatever like what's a character in a game um, name a character a popular one who someone would know uh, Kratos from God of War I've never heard of that but anyway um, Super Mario Su- Super Mario yeah Super Mario alright that's a good one everyone knows Super Mario hey Mario <laughs> so Mario you're, you're, Lu- you're Luigi yeah Luigi <laughs> but there's a million Marios so the more people that buy the game there's a million Marios playing that game oh and that's there's a, really there's a million Luigis playing the game as well but they're all all going on they're all exact same Mario they're all in, they're all um, designed the same way they all have the sort of same the way they move the same the way they talk they're basically identical but, but it's just game isn't but the game the but the game isn't like each like they say they'll say that there's never ever going to be the exact you could have a but a trillion games the game is the same though because they're still playing the exact same identical levels that's true but like on Mario they can only go the one way but you'll but not we, have the movement but you could jump back you could jump forward you could move left an inch you couldn't move right an but inch but maybe they still make the same decisions just like we do so we think that if we were playing multiple Ultimate dimensions that we the have same choice but we're programmed to go the same way in all these multiple dimensions all the time and run the same course over and over again so even though that way consciously, you consciously think that today I'm not going to go here today I'm going to do this you are always going to do that thing Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy isn't it that is insane <laughs> Whoa. That is probably a, a mint way to wrap that up. Like, so, are we consciously? Are we are we creating? What? How can we say it? Are we? What? What's the question to leave it on? What's the best way to put it? Actually, let's let's leave it on the qu- first question that Sophie said. Go outside, look at people in the world, and look at the world itself. Look at all the creatures. Look at all the birds. Look at all the trees. Everything around your surroundings and your daily life, and just. Have the thought in your mind. Is everything just created for you? Whoa. Whoa. Drop the mic. (laughs) Beat drop. (laughs) Peace and love. Peace, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And I just want to say as well, if you feel feel that you gain value in these conversations and the podcast in general, please consider becoming a patron and supporting the podcast. And patron really is the best way to support what we're doing here. Any amount that you choose, honestly, will be a massive help. And me and Chris, as you know, are now travelling to different parts of the country and we're now really trying to up our game and bring you the most genuine and authentic in-person conversations that we can. And the more people who can support us will really be a huge help. And even if we can just get enough money each week to cover our train tickets, that would be absolutely incredible. So if you want to support the podcast, All you need to do is go to www.patreon.com slash ascend and just sign up for any amount that you can. So anyway, we'd love you all. And just to play this podcast out, I'm going to play a song by one of my favorite artists called Akala. The song is called Find No Enemy. And since in this podcast, I was quite critical of what we're doing on this planet as human beings. And Chris said that he was getting sort of a vibe of anti-human from us. I thought I'd play a song that symbolizes how we can really do change the do some change in the world and that first comes from changing the one within us all so anyway enjoy this song by Kala find no enemy peace apparently 
I'm second generation, black Caribbean and half white Scottish, whatever that means See, lately, I feel confused with the boxes Cause to me, all they do is breed conflict It's not that I've lost touch with reality of racism, sexism and nationality Just to me, all seems like insanity Why must I rob you of your humanity to feel good about mine? It's all about crime, dehumanising, how I justify them So I must keep lying about the history of Africa So I can live with the massacres and repeat my mantra Muslim terrorist so I can sleep at night as bombs take flight Eyes open wide but I'm blind to the sight Too busy chasing the perfect life and the working class Keep them uneducated, truly educated Men can never be a racist Educate is to draw out what is within Are we not all the same under the skin? I got a heart like yours that pumps blood and oxygen And insecurities a whole lot of them I'm scared like you deep down I really do care that the world's not fair like you But I don't even believe my own prayers like you Chasing career going nowhere like you Lost in a fog of my own insecurity I hold myself up as an image of purity And I judge everybody else by the colour of the skin or the size of their wealth but it's not good for my health Is the only one I ever really judge is myself The oppressor must suffer like the oppressed Though I pretend I'm in control of this mess By inflating my ego, puffing my chest See our weakness and I need to show strength For what we think strong is Cause if we're honest True strength is the strength to be honest And if I'm honest, I am just tired If I'm honest, I am just tired Tired of every day filling up my car And knowing that I'm paying for the bombs in Iraq Tired of pretending it don't hurt my heart of Wanting change, not knowing where to start Tired of listening to all the conditioning And all the forms that they got me filling And next time you see what you think is a fog and despise him Please know, I was just like him Cause I was like eight First time I saw crack Same time I first smoked weed Choking on blowbacks First time I saw a nice penetrate flesh It was meat cleavers to the back of the head As I grew and teenage years passed Many more knives pierced And the shots blast And I ain't saying I had the worst upbringing But there's a million young men just like me in prison we complain about racism Elevate clowns with their trousers down Swinging their dick round Maybe that is not quite literal But everything they do is just a stereotypical To my real fans, I feel your pain And I get the messages but don't complain That we ain't got more fame We're playing a part, they can keep the charts All I want is your hearts They can keep the charts, all I want is your hearts They can keep the charts, all I want is your hearts Call it black radio, don't make me laugh So is black music all about tits and ass. You don't represent nothing, you're just pretending When was the last time you ever played Hendrix Or Miles Davis or John Coltrane Ella Fitzgerald or Billie Holiday We can call it urban To me that's cool If urban means street That includes jazz too And rock for that matter Go ask Mick Jagger or Jimmy Page What they were listening to The blues Not discrediting Love Zeppelin too Just giving credit where credit is due That blog soaked word Rappers still use All it really shows is we still self abuse That was the word that was used to kill Kelso, Cochrane and Emmett Till That was the word that the conscience eased And made people pleased to hung you from trees That was the word that let the whips crack No matter what you say you can't take it back And I could say they're black so I feel their pain easier But 1915, look at Armenia It's the whole world, this human stupidity That would choke ourselves to death quite literally And I can talk with my comfortable mouth And my comfortable clothes and my comfortable house The tables will turn, we can but stall them Every empire on this earth has Fallen. So unless we can find another way Maybe not today but it'll come one day And it may sound like I'm bitter 
putting fact, truth be told I am quite the opposite, I wake every day and I'm overwhelmed Just to be alive and be like no one else And the sheer weight of the thought of space Is enough to keep my little ego in place All that we chase and try to replace All along it was right in our face The only way we can ever change anything Is to look in the mirror and to find no enemy The only way we can ever change anything Look in the mirror and to find no enemy